We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pack a Day podcast. It is episode number four fifty-eight. It is Saturday, the day before the big matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I am Jason Perrone, along with my esteemed colleague, for a second week in a row, and there is a reason for that. It is Mark Eckel once again. Mark, good morning. Morning, Jason. How are you? Very well. Doing very, very well. All right, so we're going to talk about the injury updates ahead of this game, and we actually have a fun show today because there's a lot to talk about. But one of the reasons why we have Mark this week versus my usual every other week co-host Paul Brettel is because Mark spent many, many years covering the Philadelphia Eagles, as we know, and he is very, very familiar with with Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But, Mark, obvious news. Yesterday we found out who was not going to be playing on the Kansas City side, and it is a shopping list. Yeah, and not just – it's not just a lot of guys. It's a lot of – Good. Like, I mean, it's good players. It's not like backup tight ends. It's obviously the MVP is out, Patrick Mahomes, but they're also without their starting left tackle. Right? They're um, they're both defensive ends and a, and, a, and a starting corner. Right? That's, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, three on three on offense, three on defense. Darren Lee is listed as questionable, but he's going to play. I'm sure he'll play. But these are that the thing is it's it's you know it's one thing to have six guys out. It's one thing to have six. It's another thing to have six starters out. And these are impactful. Yeah. These are impactful guys, obviously. 
Yes, it is. And, and, and you know, uh, <laughs> I want to say, oh, the Packers should roll because of that, right? Hey, come on. You can't line up six back. But, you know, I think we were talking about this a month, about a month ago when the, when the um, Packers played the Eagles. The Eagles had a bunch of guys hurt, right? Yep. Not not six key, not the quarterback and putt, but I mean they had a lot of guys out. They, they they came in a little banged up, and what happened? Packers lost, right? Great game, but the Packers lost. Following week, Packers are playing Dallas, and I'll raise my hand and say I was in the front of the line saying, "My God, the Packers are so banged up. There's no way they're going to go into Dallas and beat a good Cowboy team with all these guys hurt." Well, what happened? Packers played pretty well that day. Jumped out to an incredible lead and held on and 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 beat the Cowboys in Dallas. So. You know, this is the NFL. It's the, I mean, this isn't college football where your stars are out and you got to put in freshmen or, uh, you know, walk-ons or stuff like that. No, this is, you know, I kind I, I of tell people this all the time, you know, like when people joke and say things like Alabama could beat the Browns or something. You know, no, 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 no. I mean, as great as Alabama or some great college team is, keep in mind, everybody in the NFL was a good college player. Everybody. If you're if the, the 52nd guy on, the, on a roster – was a good college player, or he wouldn't have gotten, you know, picked. But you know, so, you know, yeah, did the Chiefs have their work cut out for him with all those guys out? Absolutely. Um, but their backups, you know, starting with Matt Moore, who – let me tell you this about Matt Moore. He's a solid NFL backup quarterback. He's played – he's been in 55 games in his career. He started 30. He's 15 and 15. That's kind of what you want. That's about as much as you can hope for, for a good backup quarterback, right, to go 500. Right, yeah. I mean, he's a solid. He's been in the league forever, so it's, it's not like they're the, the Chiefs are putting out some kid that never played before in the NFL who's never seen, you know, like a guy that that Mike Pettin could can confuse and throw a bunch of stuff at. He's never seen it before. Matt, Matt Moore's seen every anything Mike Pettin's going to throw at him. He's been in the league a long, long time. Um, well, and didn't Matt Moore when he was with Miami? Didn't didn't Matt Moore actually have a pretty healthy? Competition with Ryan Tannehill, but I mean Tannehill ended up winning the starting job because he was the highest drafted, you know, he was a high drafted quarterback. And any more these days, they don't draft quarterbacks high to sit them on the bench. But there was still a healthy competition. I think that was when Joe Philbin wasn't that when Philbin was the head coach and Matt Moore didn't win the job. But I mean, they still had a pretty healthy competition. Yes, he did. And he, and he, he did well in Carolina. I mean, he was, you know, he, he again. I'm not saying. Patrick Mahomes by not by any stretch, but I'm just saying he's a. The Chiefs could be in a lot worse shape if they didn't have Matt Moore because then they, they would be putting out you know their backup and now is Kyle Shermer, who is a rookie low round pick out of out of Vanderbilt, you know he's not ready. You know what I'm saying he, I'm gonna have to use the Buddy Ryan line here that that I learned a long time ago when when Eagles were playing a team and Buddy would say. Uh, I heard this. I heard this team has a good backup quarterback. Yeah, let's find out. Let's <laughs> right. find out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you know the Packers can knock Matt Moore out of the game. I, you know, then we got. Then we're talking about a drop off. Yeah, a huge drop off. And you, you know, you mentioned the Dallas game. One thing in Dallas that helped the Packers was, you know, Cowboys made a few mistakes early that helped the, the Packers build a little bit of an early lead. The Chiefs still have. Weapons. I mean, even though Patrick Mahomes isn't playing, Matt Moore's got guys to throw to. Sammy Watkins is coming back. Travis Kelsey is still there. We saw what Darren Waller did to the Packers last week with the Raiders' tight end. You know, Travis Kelsey is a you know he's an All Pro. So you've got that factor, and then let's not forget about Tyree Kill, who's extremely slippery and quick. So the good news on the Packers side of things is safety Darnell Savage should be back and will play this week. Well, the Packers, well, speaking with the injuries. 
this is probably as healthy as the Packers have been since opening night. Yep. Right? I mean, yep. Adams is probably he's listed as doubtful, which is an upgrade from he was the last couple of weeks he was listed as out. So there's hope, but probably I'm guessing he plays next week against the Chargers. Um, I don't think he plays this week. But that's and you know again that's a huge loss. Cause, but you know people I think we're forgetting how good Devontae Adams is because of how well the Packers have played without him remarkably, which is a credit to Aaron Rodgers, the other receivers, and Matt Lafleur to be able to do what they've done the last three games without their best wide receiver. But you got everybody else basically coming back. Savage is back. Uh, looks like Tony Brown's healthy. Uh, he actually played last week a little bit. Um, Tanyan might be out, too. Yeah. Which I, I, I thought he'd be back, but it looks like he's, he's listed as doubtful also. Um, did not practice. He, he went limited Wednesday, Thursday, and did not practice Friday, so that's not a good sign. So he probably won't play either. But the defense is as healthy as it's been. Um, the offense is missing Adams, basically. So, yeah, the Packers come into this game as well as you can be expected to, to come into a week um, eight game, you know? Yeah, they're healthy. I mean, they're they're definitely healthy. I mean, the one the one thing is, so Kendall Fuller, the cornerback for the Chiefs, is, is probably their best defensive back. And he's going to he's not going to exactly. play. The, the Chiefs are, you know, with everybody healthy, the Chiefs are 10th in the league in passing defense. They only give up 228 yards a game. But this is Aaron Rodgers. So he's going to find his guys. And the one thing about Adams being out is that you, you, never want to, you never want your best player sitting on the sideline. But with Adams out, there have been a ton of guys who have gotten catches, balls. They've gotten, you know, chances and opportunities. They've stepped up. They've made those plays. So when Devontae Adams comes back, you assume this offense is, is going to continue to roll even more so. And then you look at Chris Jones, the defensive tackle. He's out. The Chiefs are already with him. They're already giving up almost 150 yards a game on the ground. So this could be a week where Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams go off unless Andy Reid, the mastermind, and his staff decide, hey, we're going to take away the run game and we're going to lean on our, our stout pass defense, even though Fuller's out, and see what Rodgers can do. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, you've got six major starters out. You know, what kind of rabbit does he pull out of his hat to try to figure out how to how to contain the Packers' offense? Yeah, well, well first of all, let me just, I mean, Andy won't have anything to do with the defense. To the defense, he right. Lets defense, he lets his defense coordinate. That's Steve Spagnola now, um, who, I, who I know pretty well. As well. He was, you know, he was with the Eagles under Andy as a linebacker coach, learned under Jim Johnson. Um Became a head coach for a short time with the with the Rams. Went to the Giants first as coordinator. Was on, he was a coordinator for those very good Giant teams. Um, had a great defense with the, you know Justin Tuck and Strahan and all those guys. Um, they've never been real run that defense. And even Jim Jim Johnson, who I got along with very well, he was the, the Eagles defensive coordinator. He used to tell me he he really didn't care about stopping the run. Not that you know he didn't want teams to run all over him. But he'd always say to me, you don't lose a game by let by a team run. In, in this NFL, you got you, you have to get pressure, you gotta force turnovers, and his his big his three big stats in, in order were points allowed, turnovers caused, and sacks. That that's what he cared about. And that's what his defenses did. And, that, and Spagnola is a Jim Johnson di- disciple true and true. And um I think he feels the same way. Like if so, I don't think they're going to load the box. That's not what they do. So I, I'm I'm more with your first point that I think I think Aaron if the Packers want to run the ball tomorrow, they they will be able to. Um, 
now the Packers might get a little greedy after the way Aaron Rodgers has played the last couple of games throwing the ball. They might decide, well, okay, we can, we'll do a little bit of both. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be the case. The balance of offense and, and, and score a lot of points. Yeah, and that run game early, if you've got Fuller out, play action, right? Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers has been, I, I saw a stat somewhere. His, his, he ranks number one in the league um, with the play action pass. Year. His, his quarterback rating is the highest of anybody's in the league when they play X, which tells you something. I mean, yeah. teams are re- respecting the uh, run game a little bit. Yeah. But uh, but getting back to stop, I think the Packers will score points somewhere. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Even yeah. without Mahomes. Kansas City, like you said, Travis Kelsey could be a nightmare for this Packers team. Tight ends, have, tight ends have been a problem again. Yeah, tight ends. Well, they've been a problem for a long time. Different regime, different players, different staff. But that it, you know, that's also part of what the league is. I mean, it's you know, it's a passing league. But they've got to figure out the middle of that defense. I, I you know, I'd like to think that this is where they, why they brought Oren Burks in, why they drafted him. You know, he he was hurt for a while. He finally came back. Same story last year. He had a little bit of stunted growth because he didn't play a ton in his rookie season. He didn't get on the field a lot on defense. So I'd have to think, you know, this is where. They're going to hopefully see him develop a little bit. Then you got Savage back and your defensive secondary. They just have to have a good. They have to have a solid game plan for for Kelsey because he's a smart player and he's that middle of the field just seems to be the issue. You know they're they're great at protecting the perimeter. They've got good corners. Jair's good. Kevin King's having a great season. But that middle of the field just absolutely annihilated them last week uh, with Gruden and the uh, Raiders offense. So hopefully they've got they've got a plan there. The game they lost. They, you know. Teams with teams that go two tight end against the Packers are finding success. The Eagles did it with with Ertz and Goddard. The Raiders did it last week. Um, and as part of, like you said, part of it is outside time. The Eagles, I mean, other than the the big game that that Amari Cooper put up, they've done pretty well against some good wide receivers. Um, it's, it's tight ends. It's tight ends, and like you said, it's it's everything over the middle. And that's. Yeah, I want to see more Burks, but I mean, he, he played a handful of snaps only last week, um, and there's a reason for that. I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm trusting that Penton knows knows who's playing well in practice and who knows the defense and who's ready to go. Um, and apparently, he doesn't think Burks can handle handle it, or at least he hasn't so far. Now, maybe this week, like you said, maybe this is Burks's Burks's coming out game. I hope so. Where they, the guy they miss, the guy they really miss is Raven Green because that's what he was doing early in the year, and he was doing a great job with it. Yeah, that's another big loss too. But like, so, yeah, I mean that's that's just they've got to have a plan for it. And I think Mike, I think Mike Petton, Mike Petton's got to be. He doesn't want to have a bad showing two weeks in a row. No, I, I I would double team Kelsey. I would have a I would have like maybe if it's Burks, have Burks and Amos both maybe both like bracket covered, and trusted Alexander can run with Hill and have Savage back there deep just in case. And then um, let King take on the other wide receiver man to man. Leave, leave, leave fun in the block. I mean, Kelsey's going to hurt. He's going to hurt you. And you know, you got to do all all you can to make Matt Moore look somewhere else. Well, that's the one thing the Packers have done well this season is take the ball away. So they've got to do that. They got to do that again this uh, this week. You know, they got to try to grab one or two if they can, and get stingy. And you know, clamp down to the red zone. It's like those those chunk yards in the middle of the field don't mean a damn thing if they don't put points. The other team doesn't score. So yeah. you know, Raiders got a bunch of yards, but they stopped them 
but a one car stopped himself with the fumble. Well, how about that? How about that? You know, we didn't know it at the time, but how about that tackle by Will Redman on Waller before yeah. he gets into the end zone and then Carr fumbles? I mean, they, hustle, man. That's 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 a great to see. Well, Redman made a bad a bad play getting beat, but he, he did recover and made the made the tackle. You're right. That was that saved seven points. But yeah, they had three. You know, they had the three big turnovers last week, or two big two turnovers. The, the end zone intercepted by King. Yep. The fumble cards fumbled out up to fourth and one stop. Uh, Goodson making that big hit on fourth and one. So yeah, if you if you can do that, I mean the only game the Packers lost this year was the, the game in, against Philly, and they didn't cause any inter, they didn't cause any turnovers. Right. Yeah, they didn't have any. And I don't. I, well, I think that they had they didn't have any against Detroit, but they still ended up winning that game, right? I know, that was that was all that was. I, I give that one to God. <laughs> if you want to call God, if you think God wears number twelve, then that's fine. <laughs> well, he might. It's 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 very possible. Um, so last week, no sacks. The Packers still beat the Raiders handily, but no sacks. But this week, Andrew Wiley left guard. Eric Fisher left tackle. The the left side of the starting Chiefs line is out. Do the Smith brothers and the rest of that pass rush get busy this week, or are they going to get held at bay? No, they're going to have to. I mean, they're going to have to get some prep. And again, it's not always sacks. I mean, listen, sacks are great, as I told you with, with Jim Johnson talking. You know, but if you can get pressure and make them throw the ball away, that's not quite as good. But sometimes you get an interception off a, a guy not wanting to get sacked, and he just throws it up for grabs, and you get the pick. So I mean, I'll take that too. So, um, but no, the Packers have to get pressure. And it's not just it's not just the Smiths because they're doing. I mean, they're going to do what they do. They said inside has to get some pressure. Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, um, if Petten sends an inside blitz with Martinez or a safety, they have to get some. They, 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 that, in, that interior hasn't gotten what, what they're what they should be getting this year. Right. Yeah, they have. And Kenny Clark, I think, was dinked up a little bit. He hasn't been the same as, as what he was last year. But you know, I'm. I, Kenny yeah. needs that by to get health. It's yeah, good. it's still weeks away, but he needs to get. He, he needs some rest. Because he plays so much. I mean, that's the thing, too. He's out. He plays, what, 80-some percent of the snaps almost every week. That's that's a lot to ask of a guy. Yeah. No, it is. It is a lot. And they still have three games to get through before that bye week. They've got the Chiefs this week, Chargers next week, and then Carolina at home before the bye. This, so is, they, like, this is probably the latest bye the Packers have had in a long time. Yeah, but you know what? If they're this healthy and anything can happen, and that can all change in, in two days' time or next week or the week after uh, very quickly. But if they go into the bye week, you know, somewhat relatively as healthy as they are right now, this this team could be in really good shape for the back half. If you're good, you want that bye later because then you're more rested, hopefully, for the postseason. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, I, as you know, as far as the you know, as far as this this thing goes, I think with the pass rush. You mentioned Matt Moore and his experience. He may—he's not Patrick Mahomes, but if you give a quarterback like Matt Moore enough time to throw, he can—he can look like a very serviceable starter. So they got to get pressure. They've got to get to the quarterback this week. And I don't think he's very mobile. He's 36 years old now. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see him beating him, beating him with his with his legs. So you know, get after him. Get after him. Hit him a couple times. You know, he hasn't played a lot either. So he's. I don't think he played. I don't think he took a snap last year. So no, he didn't play last he year at all. Hit. He didn't play last year, so he didn't take. He hasn't gotten hit. And then I didn't see the Bronco game, but he came in. He he was pretty clean in that game as well. Um, let let 
put some hits on. Let's put some hits on Matt Moore early. He might decide, you know, hey, I don't like this getting hit stuff. I like I like holding that clipboard a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, they've got a pretty good backup quarterback. Let's find out. Yeah, let's find out how, how, how good Kyle Schirmer is. Right? So we're going to find out. So on the injury front, that uh, that pretty much covers most of that. So the. Eagle, the Eagles, I keep saying the Eagles. The Chiefs, that's how long Andy Reid was the head coach of the Eagles. The Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid. Mark, you're very familiar with him from your time covering the Eagles. I know that you have many, many stories and many, many interactions. So, I don't know, I'll let you, I'll let you have the floor here and kind of... And, and, I don't want to... All right, let me start by saying Andy and I had a... Um, we, didn't, we didn't get along real well. Let's just leave it at that. I'll say that... It wasn't. I'm still not sure what caused it. I kind of know. Andy liked to control things. He's very into controlling things. And I'm, I, I say this with not much. I'm not bragging about that. I just. I wouldn't. I wasn't controllable. That's good or bad. Maybe I don't know. Um, I mean, I I would write what I felt was right. I was. I I don't. You know. I wasn't a homer by any sense of the imagination. Covering Eagles. Um, some people in the organization thought I was too critical. I thought I was fair. Um, but Andy and I, we, we, like I said, I covered him from day one till the day he got fired. Um, I mean, let me just tell some stories that Packer fans would enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andy gave me one, like Andy, one thing Andy did, especially early on, his first, I don't know, half of his, his career, before this, like during preseason, during training camp, He'd give us, he'd give each beat writer, the guys that were there all the time, like there, and there was a lot of us in Philly that were there all the time, but he, he'd give each one of us a, like about a 20-minute 20, 20 to half-hour one-on-one interview. And Andy actually told the PR guy at the time, he, 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 I think the exact quote was, you know, Mark and I don't get along real well, but I enjoy doing my one-on-one with him more than anybody else. Which, like, I, I took that has mutual re- re- respect there. But anyway, one of the best quotes he ever gave me was um, we're talking about, you know, Andy had been had become a head coach, obviously, and John Gruden was a head coach, Mariucci, all Holmgren's guys had become head coach, had been had done pretty well as, as head coaches. And now some of Andy's guys were getting inklings, you know, getting feelers to become head coaches. So I thought that was a pretty good angle to, to, to go with for Wake. You know, this in, in this long interview that we did, I went. You know, you would get three or four stories out of it, right? So one I wanted to do about one of one of the stories I wanted to do was on, you know, Andy being part of Holmgren's tree and now him forming his his own tree. So I asked him about that, and he and his quote was, "Hey, let's be honest." He said, "All of us that got jobs out of Green Bay is all because of number four. Number four, all number four got us those jobs." He said, and now. Number five is doing at the Donovan McNabb for Packer fans don't know who number five was. He said now number five is doing the same thing for our guys. He says so you know let's let's just put that out there. So I thought that was a pretty good quote from Andy who doesn't who wasn't very quotable a lot of times, but um, you know he really paid a lot of homage there to, to, to Favre and McNabb in, in helping that's who got the you know helping his coach helping him get a job and then helping other his his coaches go on as well. Um, so that, that's one of those. And then, um, you know, Andy brought in a lot of um, former Packers to the Eagles. Uh, a lot of them at the end of the, end of the road, like George C. Levins, uh, Antonio Freeman played a couple played a year there, um, Nate Wayne. But Levins was Levins was a, was a very good guy, very good 
very quotable guy. And I remember talking to Dorsey once about the offense and, um, you know, comparing it to Holmgren's offense a little bit and this and that. And, and Dorsey was saying how, you know, Mike liked to throw the ball. He said, Mike, you know, we, we threw the ball a lot in green bases, but it's nothing like this here. He says, Andy, he says, the only time Andy, the only time Andy r- r- runs the ball is to give the wide receivers a rest. Yeah. But that was pretty good, too. Right. Um, and, yeah, he likes to throw. Um, but, I mean, you know, Andy Reid, and, you know, it's, it's funny. And I, I've, I've said this the last um, past couple years when I was working with Bob McGinn at, at, at his site and even, even prior to that. Andy Reid and Mike McCarthy, their, their careers, if you look at it, very similar. They both did a – you know, Mike McCarthy did a great – I mean, it didn't end well, obviously. The man won a Super Bowl, you know. Um, went to the playoffs a lot. Took a young quarterback and turned him into an MVP. Um, but then it got – at the end, it just kind of fell apart. Andy Reid – didn't win a Super Bowl, but got to a Super Bowl. So you can say Mike's a step ahead of Andy. But, you know, took a young quarterback in McNabb and turned him into an MVP candidate. I don't think Donovan ever won the MVP, but he he was in the mix a couple of years. Um, and I went to the playoffs almost every year. Um, but then at the end, it fell apart. And I think that's and I think that's the way the NFL is now. The NFL is now. I don't think... You know, the, the Tom Landry, Don Scholas, you know, the guys that stayed there for, I don't know how many years they were both in Miami and Dallas. I, that just doesn't work anymore. I don't know if, I, if the players are different, maybe the game's different, but I think there's like a 10-year cap on, on, on coaches now. And after that 10th year or so, I saw it, bo- I saw it both firsthand. I mean, I, you know, Andy's Andy Reid the last couple of years in Philly was not the Andy Reid that was taking the team to the playoffs every year and going to those four straight NFC championship games. And, and he's not the Andy Reid in Kansas. He needed a break. And he went to Kansas City, and he's, he's doing a pretty good job there as well. I mean, they're, you know, they're, again, he, has, he hasn't won the Super Bowl, but, you know, Kansas City's a pretty good team year in and year out, just like the Eagles were. Um, so I kind of think, I'm getting off topic here, but if and when Mike McCarthy gets another job, I think uh, – I think he'll do a good job wherever he depending again, depending on the talent he has and everything else, but um I think he'll do do a fine job with wherever he winds up next. Well I think I, that the I, interesting I, thing so you mentioned that. I was just gonna ask you about that because Andy Reid still has a ton of respect around the league for, you know, being an offensive mind and he is an older coach, but that was something that a lot of people said Mike McCarthy had lost, his ability to be creative, and he was getting up there, and the Packers, you know, do they need some young minds and young eyes on the offense? So how does how does Andy Reid out-survive all that? Well, that's what, but that's what we said about Andy. Look at Andy's last two years in Philly. 20, what was it, 2011 and 2012. Look at those years. There wasn't a whole lot of creativity. There wasn't a whole lot of – they were bad. Right. They were bad right. teams. They went – they went four and twelve his last year. That's a bad year. Mike McCarthy never went four and twelve. I mean, it was six nine and one was bad, but it wasn't four and twelve bad. And the year before, they went eight and eight, but it was the worst eight and eight team ever. They, they were four and eight. They were four and eight and dead, eliminated. And they won their last four games against teams that were also dead. And it was, it was, it was like those last four. That, that was the worst. And all my in my thirty two years of covering that. Those last four games, though, they were probably the worst four games ever. I mean, they were just meaningless games, and nobody cared, and uh, it was just, it was awful. Um, 
And he probably could have got fired that year. But because he was Andy Reid and, and, and because he had had, um, you know, a history about him, I think he, he earned another year. And you could say the same thing about Mike McCarthy. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt two years ago, McCarthy could have got fired that year. But I think he got he got he had the injury excuse. Aaron Rodgers misses most of the year. They gave him another year. I mean, it's it's to me it's such a par- it's a crazy parallel. Even if this is personal, but they both gained a lot of weight through their years coaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just they're it's almost like they're the same. It's just, and I again I because I'm. I covered all those Andy years because I'm a Packer fan and followed the Packers pretty closely and then worked for Bob the last Mike's, Mike's last two years. And I saw both. Um, there's probably another example somewhere else. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I saw both of these so firsthand that the the parallel to me is just it's incredible. Yeah. So The only difference is he got the way. Andy, did, Andy never didn't take a year off. Andy went right from Philly to Kansas City. There was a lot of jobs open that year. And, uh, matter of fact, we all thought there was – no one thought Kansas City. Um, I think Arizona was was where we, he had interviewed, and we thought that was going to happen. Um, but then Kansas City came, boom, he went there. Um, so yeah, I mean, Mike. I think. Let me ask you: Do you, do you think Mike McCarthy's back in the league next year? Next year, uh, well, I think it's very possible because there's going to be some guys that are going to be on the move after this season. You have to you have to assume that if he's going to get back in, he's going to be sooner than later. As as somebody as a guy who's aging, and I mean, not to. It doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I, I think sooner than later for sure. I think I think watching the Redskins. A lot of people aren't talking about that. I I think that's not a bad spot for him. Well, the only thing you have to wonder there is, you know, it, it's 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 an it's NFL it's an NFL job, <laughs> but but can you coexist with the ownership? Yeah. Everybody says that. It's not the best job in the world, but it's it's the it's an open it's going it's open, and he has a young quarterback. I mean, if he likes if if you like Haskins, he has a young quarterback to work with. I mean, you can win there. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, it's totally different in Green Bay where he had no owner; he just had a president. Right. Um, but I mean, I don't. I mean, what other jobs? I just think that could. I I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean. I think that's a good fit. I think Mike. I think he's been around long enough that he can deal with. He's he, he can deal with an owner like Snyder. Sure. More so than a. Like Mike's not a. I don't know. I think. I think. I. I just. I. I could be way off on this. I think that's a. I think that's a fit that that could work. That's Man, the really that's the first time I've heard that. Well, I mean, we haven't heard many other. Everyone just assumed Cleveland because of all the ties to the Packers, but you know, there's there's going to be other. Right. Yep. They had the chance last year to hire him, and they, they promoted Kitchens. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe just because they know each other, don't they like each other? I've worked with a lot of guys that I didn't like. Yeah, right. Well, so so I was going to ask. I was actually going to ask you something because you were you were there. This is intriguing. Now, now I'm getting a little bit selfish with this one, but there were two there were two situations with Philly that I wanted to ask you about because you were you were I, I'm assuming there during it. The first one was. The T.O. summer fiasco doing sit-ups on his driveway. Um, yeah. Now, and we're and we're talking about Andy Reid here. So, right. but you know, he's what what was Andy thinking, saying, doing behind the scenes at that time? I mean, because that was such a such a thing. But what was Andy's take on all that? Well, Andy, I'm, I'm, 
All right, I'm going to say that Andy didn't handle that whole situation. I, mean, I don't know who could have, but he didn't handle it real well. Um, it was a tough, I mean, again, the, the whole thing with, with the T.O. thing is, for people that don't know. All right, so they go to the Super Bowl. T.O. comes back and plays, but he had broke his leg like a, less than a month before, misses the, the two playoff games, but comes back, plays the Super Bowl, plays great in the Super Bowl. If the Eagles would have won that game, he'd have been MVP. Um, he had signed out. They just got him one year. T.O. took a terrible deal. Terrible. Everyone told him it was a terrible deal when he signed that contract with the Eagles. That it was too long. It didn't. It was bad. It was just. It was a terrible. His agent did him wrong, and everyone told him. The NFLPA said that. that don't. Don't. That's a bad deal. But he took it. And the T. And T.O.'s mind was, and like a lot of players, T.O. was T.O. was a very interesting character. Very, very interesting. One of the top five most interesting men I've ever dealt with. But in, in his mind, in, in, in his in, in his competitive nature and in, in his confidence about himself, his his point was, yeah, this isn't a great contract, but I want to I want to be here. I want to be on this team. We can do great things. And after I do, and after I show them just how good I am, they'll give me a new deal. Well, he he was right about everything except that last part. And he miscalculated the fact that Joe Banner, Eagles president at the time. Was not was not giving anybody new deals. He just doesn't that. Joe Banner does that. That he made his name by being um, very salary cap conscious, very very good with the cap. Didn't care what kind of gear you had. You signed a six year deal. We're not renegotiating it after one year. We're just not doing that. I don't care if you, what you did and what you know. What are you going to do? Sit out. Go ahead. Right. He didn't care. So that's where To and then and then it got nasty because To goes into Banner. And says, "Hey, hey, look at the year I had, right? You guys are happy. I, I, I did everything you wanted me to do. Let's get him, you know, give me a new deal." Banner laughs at him. Not and not and this is where the Eagles were 100 percent wrong, and not Andy, but the front office. Banner leaks it to his people in the press that you know nobody would even would even known To went in and asked for a new deal. The Eagles leaked it out. Can you believe this guy's coming in here after one year? And we we got six more years. He's coming in. That's crazy. You know, we're not doing that. Well, now T.O. gets mad that they put it out publicly. So then he started all his annex with the, you know, he ripped he ripped everybody. He tried it, He tried everything he could to get out of there, and he finally worked. I mean, he ripped McNabb. He ripped the coaches. He ripped the front. He, he just went nuts. He got in a fight with Hugh Douglas, who was, uh, I forget his title, like an ambassador or something. But Hugh Douglas was a great player for the Eagles during right. that run. He, he retired. They, they hired him. They actually got into a, a a fist fight, a, a literal fight in the in the training room. I mean, Tio did everything he could, and it finally worked. They finally suspended him and then let him go. And but that was a man. The thing with the summer, you know, you know, he got Andy Andy sent him home from training camp for conduct detrimental. He was, you know, he was ripping Brad Childress. He wouldn't talk to people. He was just being a jerk, basically, just doing all he can to. I don't know what he wanted, but he wanted out. Um, so he sends him home from from training camp. Now, of course, we all have to follow. We, that, that's the story, right? We um, right. We, so well, and all that, and all that, well, all that went down before, and all that went down before social media. Could you imagine if social media was around when all that was happening? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> oh um, no, I can't because it was bad enough without it. So I can't imagine what it would be with it. I mean, that was like that whole 2005 season was just. It was awful. I mean, in every sense of the word, it was just. It was. I wrote more non-football stories than I did football stories that year, and that's not what I. Yeah, that says a lot. Well, so going back to the year prior, 
we all know about the Super Bowl I mean, and T.O. and the whole foot thing, but like what was – so covering them going into a Super Bowl, you know, Andy Reid and his prep, I mean, you had been around the team for a long time. Did you get a sense that, you know, he was ready, they were ready, he had them ready to go against, obviously, you know, the, the yes. Wizard and Bill Belichick? Yeah, I did. I did. And I'm like I said before, I'm, you know, Eagle fans still don't like me sometimes some in some ways, but so I wasn't an Eagle homer by any, like I said, by any stretch. I actually thought they were going to win that game. I really did. I thought they would win. Um, they covered, but uh, but um, no, I thought they were. I thought they were on that. You know, like some teams had that special role. And I thought the Eagles might have been on that. Um, and Teal coming back, that was like we thought. Okay, I thought okay, that's going to give them an emotional lift if, if, if nothing else, getting their their top offensive threat back. Um, but what I didn't. And a lot of people don't fail to realize is Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick, and he was he outcoached Andy in that game. There's no doubt about it. Um, he he took Brian Westbrook out of the game. Um, he let I mean T.O. had a big game, but like you said, by getting all the yards, T.O. I, I think he was like nine for one sixty something. I don't know what it was, but he didn't get a touchdown. They kept him out of the end zone. Um, and then offensively, they New England. Did a great job protecting Brady, but the Eagles had a good pass rush. Then they they protected Brady, and they, they he just kind of he was very Brady wasn't great in that game. It, that wasn't one of Brady's greatest games, but he was efficient. He he kind of just took what they gave him and moved the ball down the field. And it was a good game if you remember that game. That was it was it was I believe it was tied. This is the only Super Bowl in history that was tied after the first quarter, the second quarter, and the third quarter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a real good game. It was a really you know, um, probably. Not, I'll say this: I, I covered what, eleven Super Bowls in my life. Yeah, I think it was eleven. Ten into one with the Eagles. Jackson, and don't take this personal if you're from Jacksonville, but that was the worst place to ever have a Super Bowl. Which one was that? What year? What, what year was that? Two thousand four. Oh, that one. Yeah, that was in Jacksonville. It was in Jacksonville. It was. I mean, it, I guess they, you know, they they try to move it around everywhere. Super Bowls belong in New Orleans or Miami, <laughs> places like 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 that. They don't belong in Jacksonville. Well, I can tell you this. So here's a here's a weird no, here's a weird factoid for me. I think I don't know if I've shared this with you before. It's not uh, Chiefs or Andy Reid related, but the three times that Arizona Phoenix has hosted the Super Bowl, the Packers have been in the NFC Championship game, and they've had a lead late in that game and lost all three times. So, right? yeah, the, the the first one was uh, Dallas in 95. Then there was the Giants in 07, the overtime game at Lambeau Field, and then Seattle. And so all three times. So the, the Super Bowl is here in 23. So the 2022 season, you can plan on the Packers getting to the NFC Championship game and probably not winning. <laughs> and so if you're look, looking forward to some – Future success. There's a you know there's a meaningless factoid, but that's that's the Super Bowl in Arizona you know connection with me there. Well, I got to give you one more Andy story before we go. And so, like I said, we didn't we had this I don't know we just didn't get along for whatever reason. So the the before the twenty six game happens, right? Yeah. And uh, Andy actually and this this it bothered me, but I, I, and uh, I I wanted to laugh, but I was I, that was, there was nothing to laugh about that that day if you were me. Um, but uh, Andy actually, after the game, said to another writer who I was friends friends with, I guess, um, asked how I was doing after the game. 
which I'm still to this day not sure how to, how to take that. Yeah. But he, he actually had he actually said that to another. Hey, how how's Mark doing? He he he, he okay? So, well, whatever many years later, in 2010, when the Packers beat the Eagles in the first round on the Super Bowl, I went up to Andy after the game when I around. I said, "How you doing? You okay?" There you go. So I, I, I got even with him. <laughs> Do you think he made the connection? Oh, he knew I was a Packer fan. Yeah. Oh, oh, the 2010. You mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he remembered saying that way back then or not. He, I, well, I, he probably just knew I was gloating, <laughs> if nothing else. But, um, and that's the funny thing, because that where Andy and I got along was talking about, like a lot of Green Bay stuff, because um, you know he was there a long time, and you know he loved Hungerman Wolf and him. Got, Ron Wolf would come to Eagle practice uh, training camp once a year for a couple days. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of that was you know he brought a lot of Packer. A lot of Mike Holmgren to the to the Eagles, except except for the fact that Holmgren was a very good quote and was very good to the media. And is from what I gather, I didn't cover him, but I mean just reading stories. Andy was like the most boring coach ever to cover. I mean, he really was. I mean, it, he, he didn't say anything ever. Well, that's, so I guess Mike. Mc, so Mike McCarthy must have styled his uh, his himself after Andy Reid. Then. <laughs> Again, the, the parallel, right? Yeah, they're, they're the same guy. They really are. <laughs> very Fun. proud, very ego-driven, you know, but they come off, they try to come off as humble, right? And he fooled a lot of people. Yeah. Thinking what, you know, he really, I, I, you know, he didn't fool me. And, uh, but also, let me add, add this, too. As much as Andy, like I said, we, didn't, we, had, our, we had our moments, but for the most part didn't really uh, get along very well. With that said, almost every one of his assistants and I got along very well. Jim Johnson called, told me, told somebody once, "Oh well, Mark's my friend." I wouldn't go that far, but if he felt that way, great. I mean, I but I got I I, I admired him and respected Jim Johnson tremendously. Um, John Harbaugh and I got along very well. Uh, Ron Rivera and I got along very well. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else was on it. Um, Pat Shermer got along very well with Pat. Um, children, Brad Childress got along fine with, not as well as as, as, the, as the first four I mentioned, but got along fine. Um, they're the, they're the main guys. Right? I'm trying to think who else was. Sean McDermott, head coach of the Bills now. And I got yeah. along. We still got along. You know, we still get along pretty well. He's doing a pretty good job, by the way. Um, so I mean, that, that's that was kind of strange. I thought <laughs> for much as as much as he didn't like me, his coaches, his assistant coaches did. Yeah. Right. Well, here's another. So tomorrow's game, you know, it's it's another notch in the Andy Reid and against the Packers story because it's it's been a long time. And I know you and I talked a little bit during the week. And I just my opinion is when you have a chance to play against your old team, not that there's bad blood, but you you know you want to bring a little something extra. It's going to be a very difficult task, you know, for the for the. Chiefs to you know to beat Green Bay even though they're at home and this is weird Mark because the Chiefs have lost two in a row at home they just don't lose games there anyway and now this is a potential third game that they could lose in a row there and I mean that if anything Andy Reid's got to want to protect against that. Well, the, 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 the Chiefs you you had said that to me about them and I didn't realize they had lost like I, I for some reason I thought that Denver game was home but no that was in Denver yeah um, the last yeah. two seasons 
The Chiefs are 13-3 and three at home. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. And um, for them to go to one and three at home this year or whatever they would be, that's, that's you know, that, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this game scares me a little bit. As much as it, it looks like the Packers should roll with all those guys out for Kansas City, Oh, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I think it's, I think it's a one point game. I picked Kansas City to win this game at the beginning of the season before anything even started, and I'm not convinced that I should change that pick yet. Yeah, I don't. I have, I haven't made. I have to do my pick for Packer Report. I, I started to do it just before we we came on, and I didn't make the pick yet. I just start writing some stuff down. I, I'm 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 leaning Packers, but. I don't know. I don't know. Because, again, it it's like I said earlier, you know, the, a desperate, not that the Chiefs are desperate, because they're, they're in pretty good shape in their division, even if they lose this game. Because the Chargers just, I don't know what's wrong with the Chargers, but they're not playing well. The Raiders and Broncos aren't, aren't factors. So they're going to win that division. So maybe this is a game where it's a, it's a non-conference game. Maybe this is a game where the Chiefs say, you know what, maybe that's why they're setting everybody out. Hey, if we have if we have to take a loss, we'll take one against an NFC team that's not going to come back to hurt us in tiebreakers or anything like that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's, just, it's hard to go against Aaron Rodgers the way he's playing right now. Oh, he's playing great, and and you know what? They have the Vikings next week, so definitely take the loss this week, please, Chiefs, and then then yeah, come back next week. Get Mahomes ready for next week. That's what I said. You know, if 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 that can be, if there's anything that can help Vikings fans melt down any more than the Chiefs playing it this way, then I'm all for it. <laughs> exactly. That would. Oh, that was. That's a great. That, that's a great way to end, end the show. Yep. The Chiefs rest guys this week. Take the loss. Get them healthy for the Vikings next week. Go out and beat the Vikings like 35 to 10. There you go. Enjoy enjoy Pat Mahomes next week, uh, Purple People Eater. So, uh, Mark, thanks for coming on a second week in a row. And these were uh, these were great stories. I mean, this is why I love partnering up and doing these because that's uh, you know that's what everybody wants. So, hope everyone enjoyed those. And of course, you can find Mark's great work over at Packer Report. You can find any of the stuff that I do over at Cheesehead TV. And I think we're going to kind of get back on our regular rotation. So, uh, Mark, it'll be a couple weeks, and you and I will be um, hopefully previewing the Panthers game. Now, I'm actually going to be at that game, so I may need a fill-in. You may have to may, may be working with a fill-in for that one because I think I might already be in Wisconsin at that point. But we will, we'll get the logistics figured out on that one. But uh, should be a fun game. Yep. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. And everyone, thanks for listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.